And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Book Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to say, I don't know how this is going to sound. Um, it's the same equipment that I've always used, but I've kind of adjusted it to maximize the sound quality as well as give me room to, to move. Now... Um, how do I explain this? I've been... Okay, for many seasons, I've been reading the articles off, straight off the computer screen. And I have a good-sized computer screen. It's probably, I don't know, 24 inches, something like that. Um, and I'll be 44 my next birthday. And uh, my, my friend and I, Russo, were just talking about this, actually. Um, my vision has I, I've noticed that it's it's I'm finding it harder to read things off of the screen. Now I have brand new glasses and, and if anybody knows me knows that that's a whole other story in itself. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to talk about that or not. Fun fact, okay this is a fun fact. I had my glasses. my glasses broke two years ago, the ones I had. I foregoed the opportunity to buy new glasses to save up for PCE for 2020. So if anybody know has noted was there or seen me and noticed, hey, you know, he's got broke the guy that did 20, you know, PCE 2020, he had broken glasses. That's why. Is because I actually sacrificed getting new glasses so I could have money. To pay for PCE. Just a fun little fact. But, you know, things change and I got glasses. So I have glasses. And though I do have new glasses, I I've, I've still find it very difficult. Well, not. Let's see, how do I explain this? I can't stare at the screen for long periods of time. So what I've been doing is. Probably for the last month or two, I've been using the iPad. Now, the original setup that I had was very confined and condensed because I was reading off the computer screen. So that wasn't no big deal. I could still kind of move around. There wasn't a lot of movement. But, you know, as long as I was comfortable and I could see the TV screen, that's all that really mattered. But with this, with the iPad... Um, I've, you know, I'm sitting in my my uh, computer chair and I'm kind of relaxed back, my knees on the desk, and I kind of I need more room to be more comfortable because I see when I'm reading, um, I bring the computer or not the computer but the iPad closer to my face. Um, in fact, that was one of the things uh, I don't know if I want to mention his name or not. Uh, he brought to my attention. Um, He's like, dude, you know, are you okay? You know, you you were kind of like, sounds like you're stumbling, have a hard time going through these articles, and I, oh, that's the reason why, is that um, 
<laughs> I'm having trouble reading them. So that's why I've kind of readjusted it and I've got the way I have it set up. Hopefully I can see things better. It just means, folks, that I'm getting older and I'm going to have to buy bifocals. Uh, as much as I don't want to, that is reality in life. You know, we all get older. And, you know, I, I, I in my head, it's still, I think I'm, you know, 25 in my head. Um, and, you know, I, I physically I'm in pretty good shape. I'm, I'm pretty healthy, even with this COVID crap going on and not being able to go to the gym. Uh, I'm still fairly healthy. It's just, you know the inner workings of the body. You know, there's just nothing that you can do, the wear and tear. Um, secondly, I wanted to apologize for a late episode of this podcast because yesterday I issued a public announcement that we were going to postpone uh, PCE 2021, and I don't know when we'll actually do it. Um, I, I've been trying to be positive about everything, but it, it has gotten so bad that people aren't even returning my phone calls. And we're talking like the fairground people, you know, um, I get people are scared and they are unwilling to take a chance and, and despite everything I've done, and I have, Lord knows, I've, I've done my absolute best to social distancing, spray stations, sanitary stations, um, you know, the social uh, distancing layout where, like, each vendor, each booth, each everything was six feet apart from everybody. You know, we were going to have, like, plexiglass in front of the guests so there wouldn't be no I, I went through the whole shebang I, I tried to make it safe for everyone not just the guests not just the the the, the vendors or the people that come the attendees I tried to make it safe for everybody and to be completely transparent it was just, it was, it, it was all in vain. It really was because people, people weren't interested because they were too afraid of the coronavirus. And, you know, with the, the vendors, you know, I, I gave until January 1st to pay for their spots. And, I can't, I can't do that. I can't have them pay for their spot, especially when California is in, in lockdown. Um, as of today, you know, this whole coronavirus for the state of California, this is 280 days as of today. Um, I've been keeping track. <laughs> and um, you know what? I, I, was, I was hopeful. I was hopeful. You know, first I was like, oh, it'll be better by April, April, May. Nope. Well, definitely by June. Nope. Well, June did open up. That was the last time I got to go to the gym. I think I went to the gym for like a week, and then it locked back down. Um, no, that was July. And then, you know, July, then I, I was like, I, I kind of gave up by July. 
uh, because you know October Halloween was canceled, and I I, I knew that that was happening. Then last month, you know, um, Thanksgiving was canceled, and and so there's no yes. I mean, like, um, Russell and I talked about the the vaccine, but you know. I think that's still a few months, if not more than a few months away from happening. So I don't see a change by March 2021. And I, I just, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. It, it broke my will. And I tried. I tried my absolute best. Anybody knows me knows that I, I don't do something half-ass. I do it all the way, and I tried my absolute best. And like I, I put in my, my press release, you know, the, 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 uh, the pandemic is stronger than my optimism. And, um, you know, my, my optimism is pretty much worn out by this point, but the pandemic's still going. So I issued the statement saying that we will, you know, the the committee and I will reconvene, I think, in June, look at where we stand. Now, if there's been three months reported of no COVID, you know, um, new COVID cases, then on that third month, we will convene, whether it be before June or not. That's our implement plan, too. Um, I kind of want the idea the that what's set in my head is September. Um, so that's what I'm shooting for is September. Now, I how do I say this? My biggest enemy is me. Um, I, I there's nobody in this world that's harder on me than myself. Because I'm a firm believer that my drive in life is to achieve the unachievable. What they, what people say that I can't do, I do. That is my reputation. And when things happen and you know I don't go my way, I, I blame myself very heavily. So I was very, I was, I felt very defeated last night and I was not in the right mindset and it was very loud so I skipped the episode but I feel a responsibility and I think I've said this before you know to the everybody that listens and so that's why I'm here to give you a show uh, because you guys are are what keep me going? I mean, the fact that I know that you guys are listening is the why I I'm still going. I honestly I, I just I I enjoy I enjoy being an entertainer. That's that's the way it is. I mean, maybe one day I'll slip back into being entertained myself, but right now I, I'm 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 the entertainer and I enjoy it. With that said, I don't even know what podcast we're on. Um, 
<laughs> my mind's like all over the place. Let me see. I I'm going to say that we are going to do our best to um, let's see. Let me pop in a website address here to find out. I am going to do my best to do all through the month of December. Now, I mentioned this last week. I did get I did get hired by a hospital, local hospital. I will be going to work, um, and I will be there roughly about 13 hours a day. Yes, that is going to change things dramatically. I, it, it just it's going to happen. It is what it is. Um, but I am still going to do my absolute best to make things happen. Um, and that is to finish my public life as an American nerd, um, and wrap it up on, oh, I have to look, I think it's DC. Okay. This is actually episode 16 or your running count is episode 60. Um, this is what we're on at 16. So let me take a peek here. And then we'll jump into what we have planned. Okay, so this is December 3rd, which should have came out on December 2nd. So December 30th will be our last episode, I'm thinking, of the season. I was going to go to 26, but I don't see that happening right now. Now, let's see, one, two, three, four, so what is that? It's episode 20, 20, see, 20 in an episode I think is a fairly decent, and then um, we will reconvene sooner than later. I won't take a long time out like I did this year, I do apologize. Um, you know, it's, how do I say this? It's... I come from a different generation, and, and I'm very accepting, I'm very open-minded, and I try to be very supportive to everything. But, you know, there's there's things that I read on a, on, a, on a daily basis that I do not agree with, and that will trigger me. And I refuse to, to bring that negativity to this show. But it doesn't mean I still not reading it because I am, and it does bug me on a personal level. Um, so I get tired of the stuff that I go through, all the negative stuff, to give you the positive because I still it's it's you know you you gotta weed through the crap and and get to the gym. That's pretty much what I'm doing. So that's. Why I get so tired and so burnt out by the end of the of the year is just because of what I do. Um, so with that, let's see. Let's do this. Um, so I expect. Okay, I'm gonna start working at the hospital. I'm hoping I start working on the seventh. Um, if not, no later than the 14th. So I'm going to be working for about 90 days. And I'm going to be saving up my money so we can move into a bigger place. 
So that will be March, April, roughly. Nah, about April, because that would be half the month of December. So it would probably more like April would be, you know, finding a place to move in. So we should be settled by May. So let's say season five will be closer to the end of May, the beginning of June. And I'll, hopefully we'll come back and I'll have a brand new place. Fingers crossed on that because that's what this is all about, uh, is getting a new place. All right, gang. Uh, now that we are, what, 16 minutes into the shoe, let's go ahead and start with the good topics that I have picked out for you. If you are brand new to the show, welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. We are on Season 4. Um, typically, we go between four to six months per season, um, depending on... There's a lot of factors, that depending on how long we go. Um, and what I do is I bring you news on movies and TV shows animated flicks and a comic book and then i give you toy of the month which uh what is that we've been doing that for about what two seasons now huh so yeah um we've been toy doing toy of the month or toy of the month, toy of the week we do a new toy every week and um we, we send you home with the toy of the week so Let's see what we've got. Um, where do I want to start? There's, you know, we, we had to, uh, let me jump in and say that we want to uh, send, well, well no, uh, condolences to the family of Pat Patterson, who was a former WWE superstar. He was the very first intercontinental champion. Um, he was also the first gay wrestler, openly gay wrestler. Um, that kind of set the stage for that, and you know he was he was he he was a, a trailblazer in many aspects, and um, he passed away. He was almost 80 years old, and uh, but he was still working for the WWE, and he passed away. And uh, we just want to send our condolences to his family. Uh, you know, it, it's it's always hard to to lose somebody, even if they're in the the spotlight. Um, so we, we want to send out our condolences to Pat Patterson's family. Um, let's see, what else do I want to cover here? Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and jump into movie news. And I, I think that you will enjoy this wholeheartedly. <laughs> now, um, Zoe and I, we covered, um... All of the film, or film, we we covered Scream, and we we got went one through four, and then we heard that five is coming out, and we we're like right right on, you know. Hopefully, you know, we will actually be able to see it in a theater. I doubt it, but you know, that's a hope that I have. Um, so anyway, I was reading through, you know, looking for news like well, I always do. And 
This is what I found. And I was like, this was really cool because I've done something similar to this on a comic book project like 20-something years ago. So I was like, yay, that's pretty cool. It says, Scream used fake scripts to keep Killer a secret. Producer William Shirak recently revealed that the upcoming Scream film gave different scripts to actors, keeping the ghost face killer mystery alive. And I thought, my God, that's a great idea. So everybody thought that this person was, you know, was the killer. And, yeah. So we are, we are legitimately excited to see this movie. Okay, the article says, Following the footsteps of Wes Craven, Scream director Matt Bettinelli-Oppen and Taylor Gillett decided to keep the cast in the dark as to whom the Woodboro killer really is. Craven famously kept the killer's mystery alive in his horror films by purposely filming additional unused scenes to keep the actors unsure of the film's big reveal. Producer William Shirek recently revealed that the upcoming Scream film took the intrigue one, one step further, giving the actors different scripts of the movie. No one really knows who Ghostfist is, he reported to Cinema Blend. That's so clever. I like it. I really do. I don't know. It just makes it fun, you know, because no one really knows. It says, there is multiple versions of the script out there, and most of the cast don't know if they have the right version or not, Shurik said. So we're, we've been playing the game with, with them as well. And the fun of the Scream movie is that everyone is guilty until proven innocent, not the, way, uh, not the other way around. So the goal is to keep that going as long as possible and have fun with it. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's that's a great mindset. You know, you have fun. You have actors that are having fun. As a, a business owner, my motto is if you have happy workers, you have the best job done. If your workers are really upset and they're crappy and they're moody you're going to get crappy moody results but if they're happy and they're having fun and they're glad to be there and they're glad to be doing the job you're going to get the best results so i think stuff like that just adding the the, the intrigue and and having fun is is a great way i honestly i i really do i'm rambling and i apologize all right let me get back to this article Okay, however, the cited interview did take place before filming wrapped on set, which means since then it's possible actors have been told who the killer is. Fans speculated as well that it is likely its leading star and franchise veteran Neve, Nev Campbell and Courtney Fox might have received the film's true script. Plot details for the film have been scarce, but the film will reportedly follow a woman who returns to her home town to try to find out who has been committing a series of violent crimes. It seems heavily suggested that Sidney Prescott is the woman in question. 
Campbell will reply, reprise her role as Sidney Prescott, the woman doomed to be followed by a ghost-faced killer. Despite, or perhaps in spite, she's starred in each film with, within the Scream franchise and has called the 2022 film a fresh take. At the time of the writing, it's unclear what brings Sidney back to her murderous hometown. That yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize that they pushed it. There's been a lot of movies that have been pushed to 2022, and according to this one, it's uh, January 14th, 2022. So I guess we got a whole another year before we even find out. But I am totally in. Um, you know, they they say that this film is not a sequel, or it is a sequel. It's not a reboot. So that's that's exciting because I think I'm kind of burnt out on reboots at this point. Um, I really enjoyed it. Please, please be true to the Scream movies. I don't know. I'm 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 hopeful. I just want a good movie, you know, something that I can enjoy. Um, there's been a lot of movies lately. I think that um, has been produced for other demographics and. I haven't really been able to see much, you know, as far as that goes. Um, what did I watch? Of course, I watched The Mandalorian, and that was amazing. It was beyond amazing. Great show. Can't wait to see it again, um, which will happen in a couple days. And let's see, what else we got? I'm just looking at all my my stuff here. Um, you know, let me just open this up. I, I'm, so we talked about, remember we talked about DuckTales and how Gizmo Duck came in and how Darkwing Duck came in and now they're talking about giving Darkwing Duck his own series. Well, guess what? Uh, it says DuckTales producer comments on Disney series wrapping physical productions. And you're like, what? Wait a minute. Why are they wrapping physical productions? You know, I thought they were on full steam ahead, but I guess I was wrong. So let's just take a look. It says, DuckTales is wrapping physical production and producer Frank Agnogs. Agnogs? Agnogs? A Agnogs. Okay. Let's call him Frank. Talked about the emotion of the day on Twitter. Fans had flocked to social media to get a renewal hashtag going surrounding the 2017 cartoon. It had a... It wasn't really that long? Wow. It had run on Disney's network to the tune of 75 episodes, and that's nothing to sneeze about. No, it's not. Not at all. But all comic books and TV shows, everything comes to an end eventually. Still... It had to sting the fans, but Frank is thanking all of them for supporting and illustrating the process and leads the cast and crew to this moment. Season 3 was about legacy, and in a large part, the show managed to carve its own character with its storytelling. For the show that many question upon the arrival... It has fared far better than other attempts to reboot classic 
properties in recent years. It should be a celebration for all the good times that were had along with some disappointments. Okay. And Frank, you can go to Frank uh, at F-R-A-N-K-A-N-G-O-N-E-S. And it says... We've always said that you have to go into every season of a show as if it's the last, leaving nothing on the table, and have faith that your team will eventually be able to top it. With that in mind, we've crafted Season 3 of DuckTales as one focus on legacy, on the future of Duck Family, and what that means, trying are tying into questions and mysteries that were set up way back in the very first episode of the show. So ultimately, we were prepared for this season to be our last. Our whole team is so proud to be a part of this continuing legacy of these characters. Even more so, we are proud of the community that this show has given us, from our dear friends on the crew and cast... To all the fans we've met, both in person and online, who share the same love that we have for these incredible characters. We're sure we'll have much more to say later. But right now, we want to thank you for all your kind words and your support throughout this whole adventure. And focus on delivering a fitting, epic adventure for Clan McDuck as the series draws to a close. Because at the end of the day, we're all fans. We're all family. And family truly is the greatest adventure of all. Huh. That's weird. Usually, there's some kind of crash before we can finish that. Oh no, the ground. Woo! Matt and Frank. Very cute. Um, let's see, and then that's pretty much what follows in this article, is what I just read from you. Um, it says, a Disney spokesperson offered a statement, uh, let's see, the talented creative team led by Matt Youngberg and Francisco Aragon have delivered exceptional storytelling and uniquely reimagining characters for three seasons of 75 episodes and more than 15 shorts, the statement read. While physical production is wrapping, DuckTales continues to be available daily on the Disney Channel and Disney Plus around the world, and fans will get an epic season finale in 2021. Well, there you go. Um, you know, again, it, it's it, for me, it falls under one of those... It wasn't in my wheelhouse because I was too old. <laughs> but, um, you know, my kids liked it. They liked it a lot. So it's I'm, I'm sad to see it go. Um, hopefully they, they find something like, you know, um, Gizmo Duck or Darkwing Duck or something that will be strong and... Be friendly, kid friendly. We need more kid friendly stuff, I think. Um, not so much with the gender politics shoved in our face, but just so much that a kid can watch it. Um, you know, like my kids, I've noticed my kids want to go and, and watch silly stuff on, on YouTube. 
over watching television and i you know it makes you think is it is the quality of television that bad now where kids aren't even interested in watching cartoons i mean that's my kids but you know i hope they find something i hope they find something that will grab the demographics all across the board and um, you know they're disney so they they know what they're doing that is definitely for sure <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing they're in good hands all right speaking of good hands um i went a little searching for cartoon i couldn't find anything yes i know that DuckTales is a cartoon. I do realize that. But that fell in our, our television uh, section, if you're wondering. Now, the third section of the show is called the animated movie or cartoon. And that's where we went here. And I found this one. And I don't remember it. And I, I asked uh, a few people. I'm like, do you remember this? And they're like, no. No. So I was like, okay, let's let's go ahead and dig into it because I was around during that time. And uh, let's see, that was what? Maybe because I was five, I think. Let's see, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82. Yeah, I was five. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that's why I don't remember it. Okay, let me hit you with the, the article name. La 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 la. Yeah, the Smurfs. What about the Smurfs? The Smurfs' terrifying Christmas special was a fight with the devil himself. Do what? That's what I'm saying. I literally, I'm like, what you talking about, Willis? You know, I, I, I didn't, don't remember this, not at all. Especially the Smurfs. The Smurfs were so happy and blue and Smurfalicious and all that Smurfy snuff. So, yeah. Bringing in the devil? Okay. It says, the Smurfs terrifying 1982 special Christmas, or Christmas special, pits them against none other than the devil himself, who re reluctantly pursued two innocent children. Oh, good old 1980 storytelling. They just don't do that anymore. <laughs> it says, The Smurfs franchise is known for its upbeat and kid-friendly tone, emphasizing on importance of friendship and community. While in 1982's Christmas special from Smurfs' second season doesn't deviate from those points, it does feature a genuinely terrifying creature who is the villain in The Christmas Stranger, a supernatural purple-cloaked man who mirrors none other than the devil himself. Ah, okay. So it's... Yeah, I, I'm still going to look for it. I, I, I'll try to find it on YouTube, but I'll have to search some other places. It says... The supposed animated counterpart of Lucifer appears only a few minutes into the episode. The plot follows the Smurfs as they prepare for their Christmas celebration, set up the tree, wrapping presents, singing Christmas carols, and annoying their friends with horn solos. Nearby in a forest, an older man and his two grandchildren, 
uh, are happily singing hymns in their sleigh when a sinister Christmas stranger sends a pack of wolves that attacks the trio and flips their sled upside down, trapping the grandfather and severely injuring him. The children escape, but Christmas stranger relentlessly pursues them. I wish I remember that. It says, <clears throat> here we go. When the children meet Gargamel, a wizard who despises the Smurfs and consistently plots to destroy them, they beg him for help, but he turns them away, only to be confronted later by the Christmas stranger. He reveals that the children's uncle always interfered with his wicked plans and hopes to kidnap the children in retaliation. The Christmas stranger ropes up Gargamel into his schemes, pulling a more for the devil by promising to give him the hapless wizard a scroll that will destroy the Smurfs once and for all, for all he helps. Gargamel obliges and brings Guinevere and William to the Christmas... Those, those are the, uh, the kids. Guinevere and William... To the Christmas stranger who, true to his word, presents the wizard with a scroll, which he uses to destroy the Smurfs' village and their Christmas tree, hoping to get the reward of ten, ten gold coins from the children's uncle. Gargamel points the man and his followers in the direction of the Christmas stranger, prompting the fiend to suddenly appear behind Gargamel, accusing him of violating their contract. Meanwhile, the Smurfs come to the two children's aid after hearing them sadly singing in the forest as the Christmas stranger and the pack of wolves advance on them. Realizing that the Christmas stranger is nothing but pure evil, Papa Smurf instructs his fellow blue folk to sing as they never sing before, and the rise of the voice against the fiend, insisting that goodness makes the badness go away. They even get Gargamel to join in singing, which makes the Christmas stranger weaker until he vanishes into thin air, presumably banished back to the underworld. And the Smurfs happily celebrate their victory while the children reunite with their uncle. While the episode ended on a happy note, there can be no denying the surprisingly bleak addition of the devil-like figure who proudly boasts about his network of evil inf informants, summons massive rings of fire at the drop of a hat, makes deals to ensure the suffering of others, and conjures swarms of slithering snakes. Even the Smurfs, who tend to see the goodness in everyone, including Gargamel, view him as entirely evil. Voiced by Rene Aju Azumis, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the Christmas stranger oozes menace as he chases the children through the forest and uses dark magic against his enemies. The Smurfs Christmas special doesn't exactly label the Christmas stranger as the devil, but his abilities to summon fire and the snakes create finding scrolls and his eagerness to make deals with a, the easily influenceable painted a clear picture who the Christmas stranger is and the evil he represents. Sure, he defeated he was defeated by a song, but it's goodness with the Smurfs and the children that drove him away. Uh, that's that's 
I am going to find that episode because that just sounds really cool. <laughs> I mean, sure, granted, it's what, almost 40 years old, but hey, you know, hey, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm in it. I like the Smurfs. So, there you go. A little bit of Smurf, Smurfy lore. Alright, so let's go ahead and jump back over here. So I've been out of comic books uh, since I finished the Three Jokers. I haven't read anything. And I've been staying away from the X-Men like everybody knows. I stay away from the X-Men. Um, and so I was looking through different ones. And, and I, I know, like, you know, they, they came up with uh, some DC stuff that I just passed over. And I was like, eh, no, not even going to play that. Uh, but one thing that caught my attention was actually on the Marvel side, and it's been a while since Marvel, for me anyway, Marvel actually put something out that grabbed my attention. Uh, I felt like, um, I don't know, it, it felt just kind of generic, I guess. And so this one, I'll just go ahead and give you the title and we'll go from there. All right. Marvel just brought a new Daredevil into Hell's Kitchen. With Matt Murdock attempting to atone his sins past, Hell's Kitchen finds itself defending a familiar face with a new look in his absence. Warning, the following article contains major spoilers for Daredevil 25 by Chip Zavasky, Marco Chaquito, Marcio Menez, and VC Clayton Cowles now on sale. Hell's Kitchen is Manhattan's neighborhood, often targeted by nefarious supervillains and organized crime in the Marvel Universe. And most of the time, one of its most capable residents, Matt Murdock, often stands alone as its greatest defender under the guise of his superhero alter ego, Daredevil. However, Matt Murdock has been preoccupied by atoning for his actions recently, and his old neighborhood needs a different Guardian superhero. And Daredevil number 25, Elektra, Matt Murdock's most famous love and lethal anti-superhero in her own right, takes his place as the hero of Hell's Kitchen, complete with her own Daredevil costume. Sure, why not? I why not? <laughs> uh yeah why not sure um i don't know guys i i don't know i'll just read it and you you make your judge about it i i yeah i thought something totally different until because i, I went into this article cold and um yeah yeah not what i thought so here we go Matt has recently been spiraling in a circle of self-destruction after he accidentally killed a common criminal by the name of Leo Carrillo in a routine patrol, initially refusing to believe himself responsible, attributing to another plot by the kingpin. Matt eventually accepted he had committed manslaughter, despite having a strong chance to emerge from the high-profile criminal case without conviction. Matt surprises his legal team by deciding to accept the plea bargain provided by the 
prosecutors for a lighter sentence in exchange for confessing to second-degree manslaughter and is sentenced to two years in prison while being allowed to keep his mask and his identity secret. Matt's decision to accept a plea bargain was largely informed by the quiet assistance that Elector would watch over Hell's Kitchen. In his absence, the two on-again, off-again lovers presumably staged a daring heist on the storm winds, a nefarious family of Manhattan socialites that were financing supervillains to attack Hell's Kitchen. Without, or excuse me, uh, drive out the residents and buy up real estate at the significantly lower rate. Matt convinced Tony Stark to buy Hell's Kitchen and sell it back to the rightful residents without taking any sort of profit, only to be outmaneuvered by Electra, who outbidded him through a shell company and hijacked his servers before Iron Man could really rally the funds to make a counteroffer. As Matt arrived in the courtroom, Elector whispered just audible enough for him to hear her confirm she was the mystery buyer. Okay. Um, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, I'm not even finished with this article. Uh, I don't know. That... I don't know. It doesn't sound like a superhero story uh, to me. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't realize that this was going to be one of those ones that are just like, you know, because, <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm sure I'll get somebody telling me, you're an idiot, this is a great story, blah, 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 but, um, yeah, this is, this is something that I, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say something bad because I've not read it, but what I've just read is, you know, there's a power struggle to buy Hell's Kitchen. That, to me, does not really work as a superhero story. You know, I mean, yes, you, you bring in Iron Man because Iron Man's rich, and of course Elektra is rich too. Um, I don't know. Let me just finish reading, I guess, and, and then we'll, we'll just move on. Yeah. Uh, okay, with Matt behind bars, Elektra now protects the streets and rooftops of Hell's Kitchen in her own makeshift Daredevil costume, bearing the familiar horns, crimson cowl, and monogram logo with her own flourish reflections of her martial arts and ninjutsu, ninjutsu origins, while Elektra is solely attempted to employ lethal force as she had much in her life while keeping Manhattan's neighborhood safe. She stopped herself just short of killing criminals that crossed her path out of respect for the man without fear. This restraint carries over when Electra breaks into prison to reunite with Matt. With the trained assassin assuring that she didn't murder any guards to reach Daredevil's cell. Matt Murdock hasn't seen the new Daredevil in action in her new costume just yet with Electra in the stick pushing for a new team-up to destroy the Hand as it rises from the darkness once again. 
The two scarlet swashbucklers may be patrolling the rooftops of Hell's Kitchen alongside one another before too long. Matt Marduk is far from the only superhero to wear his signature cowl in defense of his neighborhood. With Iron Fist being one of the more notable figures to temporarily take the mantle, but none have filled the role with as much potential lethality, if that's the word that they use, as Elektra. But in the meantime, she currently seems to set a good to set to make a good on her counter room promise to make sure her lover's neighborhood is under her protective watch. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, that's that's if you're into that kind of thing, okay. Um, it just it doesn't feel to me like a, a superhero story. Um, again, it, it to me, you know, the bad land dealer uh, comes in and, and buys stuff <laughs> and buys property at a low price. Boo, bad bad person, bad person. Um, and Matt Murdock has killed before. Uh, so I'm not sure why. Well, I know why. I know why they needed to to put Elektra in that spot as the new Daredevil. Um, I don't know, guys. I you. I'll tell you what. Uh, email me my public life at jayzomon j a y z o m o n dot com, and you tell me. You tell me what you guys think. Is it is it a good idea or is it just they are just playing a different hand that they don't know. I don't know. You guys tell me what you guys think. Um, and I, I don't know. I might buy an issue, just one issue to read, just so I can kind of say yay or nay. Um, you know, because it's it's not fair to me to come on here with a public platform and say, oh, this sounds, you know, and it does. To me, it, it sounds crappy. It sounds like... Uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of stuff that runs to my head that I'm not going to talk about. But um, that is my opinion without reading it. Maybe I will buy an issue just to read it, just to have an informed stance on that. I don't know. I, I don't see. I'm not a big fan of changing origin characters. Um Unless they're like, you know, second generation kind of thing. Like, and, and I was, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, if it's like their kids coming, coming in to, to take them while the, the original retires. I'm cool with that. That's cool. Um, you know, legacy is, is kind of funny because you, you know, we were talking about legacy with DuckTales, but yeah, legacy, same thing with comics. So again, uh, email me. Tell me what you think, and you can even tell me I suck. Uh, I, I believe it or not, I didn't get a you suck um, this week, so uh, that, that was kind of nice. So again, my public life at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. All right, so we are done with the four little articles, and now we are jumping to... Let's see if I can get there without the dogs freaking out. Uh, I do apologize for that. 
if you heard that. I tried to cut it out, so we'll see what happens. All right, so each and every week we get together and we go to the bigbadtoystore.com and we find usually their pre-order goodies and we just ooh and all over them. Uh, sometimes I buy them, sometimes I buy them from other people, sometimes we don't buy them. Uh, but I always put it out there for you just in case and I will give you like, you know, where you can find it and whatnot. Okay, this week, uh, just the realism, I was like, holy crap, when I saw this, um, is what brought brought it to my attention this time. And it is The Godfather, Don Vito Corleone, Corleone God, I can't even see his name, Corleone. Uh, let's see, Golden Years version, 1-6 scale figure, and... It is just like, wow. Holy crap, man. Um, the, the, it's, it's the Godfather. You know, it's, um, <laughs> the, it's even got freaking liver spots, guys. I mean, it's just amazing. And it is, He's completely dressed, and he's, he looks like he can articulate his his, uh, his movements. They've got him on a platform, and you can switch it. It looks like you can switch it to like him standing on uh, like the sidewalk, and then one where he's standing on grass. Uh, it looks like he's got a he got like a, a glass of whatever, probably whiskey wine. I don't know. Um, you can take off his jacket and yeah so we'll have to see there's just so many different like there's one where he's sitting uh, like there's a scene on and uh, Godfather where he's outside and he's sitting next to the table and he's got uh, the the whiskey or the scotch and uh, the two oranges and the paper bag and all that they've got that so uh, let's see let's see if that's there in the the actual or if that was just uh, put together all right product description damn toys d-a-m-t-o-y-s damn toys is excited to bring you a one-six scale figure of vito corlone cory i cannot see his name and i know you guys are yelling at me but it's just not coming out today uh, from the iconic 1972 film, The Godfather. Standing 12 inches tall in a 1-6 one, one scale, Vito has been faithfully recreated using the latest technology to ensure the char character's likeness. Additionally, the figure features 30 points of articulation, so collectors can pose him as he is in the movie. The figure features extra items and head sculpts, which can be used with a formal edition figure as well, which is sold separately. Product features is 12 inch or 30.48 centimeters, one six scale, realistic sculpting, 30 points of articulation, based on the Godfather movie. Now, this is everything that is coming with, this is the most I think I've ever seen a figure ever get 
Seriously, this, holy crap, okay? It comes with the Vito figure. It comes with two head sculptures, uh, an exquisite look, resting and closed eyes. He comes with a three-piece striped suit, a tie, suspenders, two socks, coat, sweater, fedora, uh, fitting underwear, seven interchangeable hands, two leather shoes, a standing cat, an outdoor chair, two seat cushions, lawn coffee table, a whiskey, whiskey glass and bottle, two oranges, a plate, a newspaper, a shopping bag, lawn base, and interchangeable pavement parts. So all of that came with it. And of course, like I always do, it is pre-order, and I do that for anybody that listens now or six months from now. They will still have the same opportunity to buy this product as long as it's still taking uh, payments. Now this one's a bit of ex expensive, and I do realize it's expensive, but if when you go to it, and I'll give you the address in a minute so you can check it out. It's it's worth it. Okay, it is $299.99. There is a $30 non-refundable non down payment just because of how expensive it is. Um, they they want, you know, they don't want, they want serious people to buy this because they don't want to pre-order it. And you're like, eh, nah, nah, never mind, I'm good. So they've got this $300 figure sitting in their, their warehouse. Um, so that's, you know, $30 is like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious about buying this. And it is uh, standard shipping, $4 rate. And, of course, I have to give you the pre-order notes, which is arrival dates is estimated and not guaranteed. This item requires a down payment when you check out, which I explained why. And the balance is due when item arrives to ship. And, of course, it is a standard grade. This item is brand new and in mint condition. Package is case fresh but may have flaws. Suitable to display in package or open. And let's see. It is estimated to arrive fourth quarter 2021. Now, if you go to BigBadToyStore.com and you type in The Godfather, Don Vito, Don, D-O-N, Vito, V-I-T-O, Corleone, uh, that's C-O-R-L-E-O-N-E, -E, and then um, Golden Years version, V-E-R period, one six scale figure. That is where you will find it. And it is, oh God, that is amazing detail. That really is. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still looking at the, the, uh, the figure. And everything is, like, real as far as, like, you know, there's no plastic clothes. There's no plastic shoes. There's no, uh, you know, it, it's all actual material, cloth material, uh, as far as the clothing itself goes. And that's, that's just amazing. And, um, wow. Even just, like, and I just realized the print on the newspaper uh it says Vito Corleone feared murder police hunt gunman that's that's really cool so again go to get go to bigbadtoystore.com and type in the godfather Don Vito Vito Corleone 
Golden Years version 1 6 scale figure. And it is by Damn Toys, D A M T O Y S. Brand is the Godfather. All right, guys, that is it for this episode. Um, I hope you liked it. I hope I didn't get too ranty. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting close to the end of my run for this season. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm grumpy. I don't know why I'm grumpy, but I just feel grumpy. Uh, maybe because, you know, we've been dealing with this pandemic for 280 days. I don't know. But I want to thank you for coming in yet again and a day late. And sincerely, I appreciate it. Come back next week and we will do it again. Um, hopefully, what I'll do if... Okay, so if I find out that I work on the 7th, which is um, that Monday, that means I'll work on the 8th, which is the Tuesday, the night that I would regularly record... Um, so what I'm thinking is maybe like that Sunday, I will record an episode. Um, and so that way it'll be ready for you on Wednesday. That's the game plan. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. If not, if I've, I don't work, then obviously I'll, I'll do a Wednesday show like I always do, uh, you know, so you can have all the up-to-date information. And that's the reason why I wait so late and, and these shows come out, usually don't come out on midnight, is because I wait for the very last minute with all the new information that I can get and produce the best and most up-to-date show that I can. So, again, thank you for coming in. Uh, and email me, my public life as an American nerd. Uh, let's see. I just I just blanked out. I'm tired. <laughs> you can email me at mypubliclife at jaysomon.com, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. Um, you can listen to me pretty much anywhere that holds podcasts. And that's pretty much it for this week. So for this week, for My Public Life as an American Nerd, I am David K. Montoya. And as always, I bid you... Yeah.